This is the Hot Fish series from the University of Stirling. Hello, and welcome to the Hot Fish podcast. Today I'm talking to Steph Horn, who is a PhD student, is working in Bangladesh with World Fish and the Nokali Science and Technology University on the environmental and nutritional impacts of gift tilapia. Steph, the gift tilapia have been in Bangladesh quite a while. What type of impact assessment has already been done and what does your work add? Hi Dave, thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, yeah, that's right, uh, gift tilapia has been in Bangladesh for over 20 years and there's been several performance and impact assessments on the gift strain. Recently, there's been some economic impact assessments of gift farmed in monoculture and polyculture ponds. The profitability and growth was compared against other selectively bred tilapia strains. There's also been a few environmental impact assessments where researchers have looked at the overall impact of aquaculture in Bangladesh. However, tilapia farming and consumption behaviours across Bangladesh varies widely, and that's often overlooked in environmental impact assessments. So we really need to consider the various ways tilapia is farmed and understand the consumption patterns and the nutrient contents of different tilapias to truly assess the impact it's having on the environment and on food nutrition security. So gift tilapias aren't the only variety of tilapias available in Bangladesh then? Uh, no, there's several species of tilapia and many different strains which have been developed by government and private organisations. The tilapia is cultured in monosex or mixed sex systems, which has actually resulted in a lot of inbreeding and different strains breeding with each other. So this makes it really difficult to compare the performance of specific tilapia strains, which is why we're looking at numerous strains in our study. So farmers use a, a variety of ways to produce tilapia in Bangladesh, right? It, it's not just in ponds and, and, and using pelleted feeds. Yeah, tilapia is produced in you know, backyard ponds for household consumption or in ponds on large commercial farms or in rice fields alongside other fish species as well. And there's many different systems that tilapia is produced in. This means that the environmental impacts of tilapia farming are varied depending on the system that they're raised in. In addition to that, the diet which the fish are fed makes a huge difference to the nutritional profile of the fish, which obviously affects the nutritional impacts resulting from tilapia farming. Um, actually, in one of our trials that we've completed, we've seen a significant difference in the iron, calcium and vitamin D levels of fish fed on commercial pellets um, compared to fish fed on rice bran, which is a traditional feed for semi-intensive systems. So selectively bred tilapias might, in, in theory, have higher nutritional quality and lower environmental impact? Yeah, well, we've already compared two selectively bred strains of now tilapia under monosex conditions, and we've looked at the environmental impacts and nutritional outcomes of those strains. And now we're looking at comparing a selectively bred strain with a traditional strain produced in a local farmer's pond in a mixed-sex system. So we've measured the nutrient contents of selectively bred fish and we'll be able to compare that with the traditional strain after our ongoing studies complete. But currently there's a debate surrounding the environmental impacts since selectively bred fish grow better and therefore it's expected that they produce higher yields. However, these fish are often farmed in intense monoculture systems, which may actually produce more greenhouse gas emissions than the traditional strains farmed in extensive systems. But hopefully I'll be able to answer that question once our trials are complete. So why is it important to look at both 
the nutritional outcomes and the environmental impacts, Steph? Well, transforming food production and consumption behaviours are crucial steps towards addressing climate change since food systems are responsible for almost a third of global anthropogenic greenhouse gas emissions. Um, you know, although aquatic food systems can have negative impacts on the environment, not all impacts are equal. So by comparing the life cycle of fish produce in different aquaculture systems, then allows us to identify farming practices which are more environmentally sustainable than others. Um, assessing aquaculture technologies through an environmental and nutrition lens allows us to assess both the negative impacts on the planet, such as global warming and various types of pollution, and human health problems associated with poor diets linked to the current food production systems. So by understanding the nutrient content of tilapias and tilapia productivity in various systems, the systems which we've already spoke about, we can hopefully identify resilient and sustainable farming systems that can provide food and nutrition security for low-income producers and consumers. Thanks for that, Steph. And it just remains for me to thank our collaborators in, in Bangladesh, Dr. Mamun and Yahid and Tiana at the uh, Nokali Science and Technology University uh, and World Fish, and Dr. Marin Kovod at the IMR in Bergen, Norway for the nutritional analysis. But most of all, to thank you for joining us and hope you can do so again. Thank you. This podcast has been produced at the University of Stirling's Institute of Aquaculture with financial assistance from the Belmont Forum on Climate and Health. Thank you for listening.